Well, today we're going to dive right into the Word of the Lord. We're going to wrap up our series today entitled, You Can Soar. And uh, if you haven't picked up a copy of the book, I hope you grab one. Uh, they're available online at Amazon.com. And I hope it's been a great resource to you. I hope you've encouraged it. I hope it's challenged you. And I hope it has helped to push you into that place of reconnecting, refining, and refocusing your heart on the Lord. Isaiah chapter 40, 28 through 31 says, Have you never heard? Have you never understood the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth? He never grows weak or weary, and no one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Right? That verse, verse 31, is God's will, God's plan, God's purpose for your life. God wants you to trust in Him to such a degree that you will be renewed in your strength, that you will mount up on wings like eagles and soar, that you will run and not grow weary, that you will walk and not grow faint. That is God's plan. That is God's purpose. That is God's promise for your life and my life when we put our trust and our confidence in Him. We said, look at that first point. We said that the sore book, a personal guide to, to a daily guide to personal growth and spiritual significance, that this sore process is really designed to help us put our trust in the Lord. We said that when we reconnect and we refine and we refocus our hearts on the things that matter, all of a sudden we cultivate a deeper relationship with God. And the more I know Him, the more I trust Him. The more I know Him, the more I trust Him. So this process is designed to help us trust the Lord, develop a daily discipline that invigorates our hearts, our minds, strengthens our spirits, and empowers us to mount up on wings like eagles. I just want to say this real quick. We said mounting up on wings like eagles literally means living our lives at the highest level. It means recognizing and learning how to take the winds of adversity and allow the winds of adversity to fill the wings of opportunity so that we begin to rise up above the circumstances and situations of our life and we begin to live our life at the highest level, right? We said that if somebody acts like the devil, you don't have to act like the devil. If somebody is bitter and spiteful, you don't have to be bitter and spiteful. If somebody is cruel and mean, you don't have to be cruel and mean. You can rise above, right? The winds of adversity can fill the wings of opportunity and you can begin to live the life that God has called you to live. We said there are seven steps to what we're calling personal growth and spiritual significance. Step number one, y'all say it with me. Here it is. Good morning, Holy Spirit, right? Good morning, Holy Spirit. We said it all starts with inviting and engaging your heart and your life with the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. You will never soar you will never live your life at the highest level apart from the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. So we've got to invite him in. Step number two, we said we have to have daily confessions, right? Death and life is in the power of the tongue, right? we got to speak life. And we talked about four areas, four areas that we need to confess life. Our spiritual life, our personal life, our financial life, and our relational life. And we said that those four areas are critical to you soaring, to you living life at your highest level, because if one of those areas of your life is out of order, it will undermine your overall success. 
If you don't have spiritual order, if you don't have personal order, if you don't have financial order, and if you don't have relationship order, if one of those four areas is out of order, it will undermine and undercut your life being lived at the highest level. So we need to begin to speak the Word of God, right? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of the Lord. So when we begin to declare the Word over our lives, all of a sudden it releases faith and things begin to shift on the inside of us. Step number three was we have to meditate. Right? We said we have to meditate on the Word of God. How we think and what we think really determines whether or not we mount up on wings like eagles and soar. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let God change you, the Bible says, into a brand new person by changing the way you think. Right? And so we begin to speak the Word, and then we begin to meditate on the Word because we want to begin to be renewed in our hearts and our mind. We want to think what God thinks about us, about others, and about the world that we live in. Step number four is application. Pastor Ian talked about this last Sunday, and we said that once we speak the Word and once we meditate on the Word, we've got to apply the Word, right? And I just want to challenge you to think about this for just a minute. What would happen if every day of your life you purposely applied the Word of God? What would happen if what you were saying and then the Scripture that you're meditating and studying, you actually on purpose lived, what if every day before you left your house, you actually had an on-purpose plan of how I'm going to put the Word of God for today into action in my life today? Right? If you're on day 21 like I am in the sore book through this 21-day process, then today our scripture is out of Matthew chapter 5. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So what if today before you left the house you actually had a plan of how you were going to let your light shine today on purpose so that others could see Jesus in you? Think about what would happen in your life if every day you purposely applied the word that you are speaking and meditating on and now applying to your life. Not just casually applying the word, but specifically applying a word from scripture in your life. How would that affect your life? I believe it would affect it in an amazing way. The fifth thing is we looked last week, Pastor Ian talked about priorities, right? We have to do the first things first. When we do what matters most, all of a sudden our lives begin to matter. We've got to do what matters most. We've got to have right priorities, and we've got to set priorities over our life. And Pastor Ian shared last Sunday how that God had given him three things, kind of three priorities for this season in his life. But I want to challenge you to take it a step further. I want to challenge you, not only do you need priorities that govern your life, but you need daily priorities that govern your day. What are the three most important things that you could do today? And here's how we're going to table this. What are the three most important things that you could do today that would produce the greatest reward, that would create the greatest impact, and that would move you closer today to what God has called you to be and what God has called you to do? Those things really matter. How many know I want to live a life that produces a great reward. I want to live a life that has great impact, and I want to live a life every day that's moving me closer to God's plan and God's purpose for my life. You need daily priorities. What can I do today that's going to produce the greatest reward, that's going to have the greatest impact, and that's going to move me closer today to what God has called me to be or what God has called me 
to do. Priorities, they matter. Step six and step seven is what we're going to look at today. So let's look at step six. Step six is we have to visualize. We have to visualize not just our day or our life, but we have to visualize the priorities that God has given us. Look at this. So what does it mean to visualize? It means to get a clear vision. Getting a clear vision for your life is important. But getting a clear vision for today, getting a clear vision for today is what enables you to soar. Because once you see it, you can do it. Have you ever had somebody try to tell you something or explain something you've maybe never done before? They're trying to explain to you how you need to do this, and they're talking to you, and you're just like, I I just don't see it. And when you say, I don't see it, you don't really mean I don't see it physically. You mean I don't see it mentally. I don't have a clear mental picture of what you're talking about. You're talking about doing this, and you're talking about doing that, and I don't see that. Then all of a sudden, they show you something, or they say something, or they communicate something, and the light bulb goes off. You ever had them little light bulb moments? Right? And the light bulb goes off, and all of a sudden, you can see it. And guess what? The moment you can see it, you can do it. You may not do it perfectly. You may not do it the way you want to continually do it. But the moment you see it in your mind, you can do it. The moment you see it, you can begin to implement the thing that you have just envisioned in your mind. And so visualization is about getting a clear vision, not just of my life. See, I know a lot of people that you'll talk to them and they have a vision for their life, but they don't have a vision for today. (laughs) Let me say that again. They have a vision for their life, but they don't have a vision for today. And a vision for your life is important, but if you don't have a vision for today that moves you closer to the vision for your life tomorrow, then guess what will happen? You'll never fulfill the vision of your life until you get a vision of your today. And so why do I need priorities? I need priorities to clarify what are the three most important things that I can do today to move me closer to what God has called me to be, and then I need to get a clear vision of how I'm going to implement those priorities. How am I going to accomplish the things that the Holy Spirit and me have agreed upon are important for today? Here are the three things that are important for today, and I prayed about it, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, them to me, and we're in agreement. These are the three things that are most important for today. Now, I need a clear vision of how I'm going to do those three things, because if I do those three things, it's going to produce a great reward. It's going to impact other people's lives for the glory of God, and it's going to move me closer to what God has for me. But until I get a clear vision of how I'm going to do that, most of the time I don't do it. And let me tell you why. Two things I know about us as humans. We're busy, and we're easily distracted, right? In a world of cell phones and notifications, we are easily distracted. Your phone bings, right? It makes that little dinging noise, and you can't wait. You got to look at it, right? Doesn't matter what you're doing, you got to look at that thing. Brother Curtis, I love Brother Curtis. If If he has three unread emails in his box, it will kill him until that number three goes away. I'm like 3,000. I'm like, oh, that'll be there tomorrow. (laughs) It just drives him crazy. You know what? We all are that way. There's little things that distract us. Your phone bings, the emails, the text messages, the Facebook posts, and all of a sudden you're in the middle of something really important. Your phone dings. You look at it and you realize Billy had chicken for supper last night. (laughs) I'm really glad I read that. That was so important to my life. We are easily distracted. 
We are easily distracted. We are busy and we are easily distracted. Now let me give you two scriptures. We're going to read the same scripture, two translations. The King James Version, uh, Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. I love the New King James Version. We're going to read it together too. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraints. Well, there's no revelation. What is a revelation? A revelation is clarity. When I get a revelation, what was once foggy now is clear. What's, what, what was once unknown is now very clearly known. And the Bible says where there's no revelation, where there is no clarity or vision for my day and my life, then guess what happens? We cast off restraints. And all of a sudden, anything goes, right? If you don't know where you're going, then any road will take you there. And the problem is most of us are busy on the wrong things and distracted by the wrong things because we don't have a clear vision of where we're really going for today. See, let me tell you what a, a vision does, a clear vision of your day does. Let's flip that verse over. No, vi no revelation creates no restraint, so let's flip it. If I have a revelation and a clear vision of my day, then a clear vision creates divine restraints. I went from having no restraints, and now I have divine restraints. And all of a sudden, that clear vision of my day does something. You know what it does? All of a sudden, it creates a point of reference that draws me back from the distractions to the things that matter most. See, if you don't have a clear vision of what you're going to do today, then you don't know you're distracted. Right? I'll have to answer you after class. How about that? Can I do that? Restraint is something that controls or binds you. So a rubber band would create a restraint that would pull you back. Does that make sense? Very good. Thank you. You probably weren't the only one that didn't know that. So when we have a vision, it creates that restraint. It creates that thing that draws us back to the things that matter that draw us back. So now I'm distracted, but if I have a clear vision for my day, guess what will happen? All of a sudden, the Holy Ghost will ring this little bell in the back of my head. Right? You ever heard that little bell? Ding, 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 ding. You're distracted. Ding, 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 ding. You're working on the wrong thing. Ding, 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 ding. You're going the wrong direction. Ding, 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 ding. This is not what matters most today. Ding, 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 ding. You ever heard that? I hope I'm not the only one here and I'm really a little concerned about me now. Y'all just nod and say, you're not the only one, Pastor Keith. I appreciate that. I hope y'all aren't lying in church. <laughs> if I don't have that clear vision, there's no bell. If I don't have that clear vision, there's nothing drawing me back to what matters most today. Because I don't know what matters most today. I don't know what matters most today because, number one, I didn't set my priorities, and number two, I didn't get a clear vision of how I'm going to accomplish those priorities. So maybe I set my priorities, but I don't have a vision for them. Let me, let me just make an assumption to you. This is what I understand about this seven-step process. Most of you, when you get to step six, you skip it. You get to visualize, and you're like, yeah, God, I'm going to do this today. Let's pray. And the reason I know most of us do that because I want to skip it too. <laughs> and I wrote it. <laughs> 
And I'm like, Lord, I, I don't have time to get a vision today. I know what I'm going to do, and now I'm just going to go do it. And the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 no. You better get a clear vision of how you're going to do what I've called you to do. You better get a clear vision of how these priorities are going to be accomplished because, Keith, you're busy and you're easily distracted. And if you don't have something to pull you back, then you won't come back. And you'll get to the end of your day, and not only did you not accomplish your priorities, you'll get to the end of your day, and you did not get a step closer to your vision for your life. And one day turns into a week, turns into a year, turns into 20 years, and I'm 75 years old, and I'm realizing I hadn't done what God called me to do. So we need a clear vision. So let me give you one more scripture. Psalms 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be honored by every nation, and I will be honored throughout the world. Now just hold that verse in your heart, and let's look at our next point. So how do we really do this? I want to give you a very practical way to get a clear vision for your day. I start out by saying, close your eyes. The word be still there in Psalms 46 literally means to, it means to reflect. It means to relax. And it means to withdraw. And for me, it's really good if I close my eyes. And that'll do a couple things. Sometimes I'll get a good nap. How many know sometimes you need a good nap? But most of the time, most of the time when I close my eyes and I turn my cell phone off and I flip it over so the light don't light up and catch my attention, I can, I can reflect, I can relax, and I can withdraw from the distractions that are around me. So first of all, I just, I just close my eyes. And again, you don't have to close your eyes. I'm just sharing with you what I do. And then begin to get a clear mental vision of how it will look for you to accomplish your three priorities for today. Walk through the process in your mind. Walk through the process in your mind. Go through that thing. Before you do it, do it in your head. Right? Before you go into that meeting, go into that meeting in your head. And work through the process of how you're going to handle that meeting. The, the last statement right here on the screen says, allow the Holy Spirit to give you insights and strategies. Why is this little process important? It is important because John 16, 13, Jesus said of the Holy Spirit, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak to you. And then He makes this great statement, and He will tell you things to come. How many of you know that God knows the future? How many know God understands people? And so when you begin to work through the process in your mind, what you're really doing is you are allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to you. You're allowing him to give you insight and strategy of how do I go through that meeting? How do I make that business proposal? How do I have that next little statement that says you need to have your conversations in your head. If, you, if you've ever had a difficult conversation, the key to having a difficult conversation is have the conversation in your head before you ever have it out your mouth. Right? Just think through that process. What am I going to say? And this is what happens when you begin to really just relax and reflect and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. He wants to lead you and guide you in all truth. He wants to show you things that you don't know is going to happen. And all of a sudden, you start walking through that conversation, and the Holy Spirit says, if you say it like that, they're not going to receive it. You've got to change your tone. You, you don't need to use that word. Don't say that word. Say this word. Don't come at it from that angle. Come at it from a different angle. 
Let me tell you what I know about great communicators, whether they're public communicators or personal communicators. Great communicators communicate in their mind way before they ever communicate out their mouth. Now, what you guys don't know about me, most of you, it'll be wide open. It'll be easy now. Everybody will know this, right? So let me tell you one of my little secrets, right? Before I ever preach this sermon on Sunday three times, I preach it during the week three times to myself. Out loud. Man, I mean, I give it to me good, too. <laughs> I preach every sermon I try at least three times out loud to myself before I ever preach it to another living, breathing person. Let me tell you why. Because sometimes what sounds good in my head don't sound good coming out of my mouth. In my head, sometimes I think, man, that's going to be awesome. And then I say it, and it's like flat. And so what you begin to recognize is you begin to recognize, I need, I need to get a real vision of what I want to say. I need to get a real vision of what I want to say because maybe my tone needs to be different. Maybe my expression needs to be different. Maybe my words need to be different. Maybe I need to come at it from a different angle. Maybe I need to approach that from a different way. And all of a sudden, through visualization, what you're doing is allowing the Holy Spirit to give you strategies and insight on how to be the most effective person that you've been called to be. And you want to talk about being an excellent uh, an excellent. Um, advantage in your marriage with your children see a lot of times we just want to be spontaneous and say whatever runs out of our mouth and how many of you know that usually when you're spontaneous and you say whatever runs out of your mouth you regret the things that run out of your mouth so you need to get a vision of what I want to say Get a vision. How am I going to work through the things that I've got to work through today to accomplish these three priorities? I have a hundred things I have to do, but these three things are the priority of my life. So how am I going to do the hundred things that I have to do because we like to eat, right? How many of y'all know you got to work because you got to eat? Y'all don't work to eat? I've got to learn something from y'all. Man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat, the Bible says. And so how, how, do I, how do I figure out how to do the things I have to do and still accomplish the things that God has told me I need to do to move me closer? i got to get a clear vision of that. And then what happens is, is when I get busy, and I do, and when I get distracted, and I do, it is that clear vision that draws me back. The Holy Spirit rings that little bell, ding, 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 ding. Keith, you're off track, ding, 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 ding. Put the phone down, ding, 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 ding. You can text them later, ding, 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 ding. This is what matters most. You can do the other stuff, but this is what matters most. If you don't have that vision, there's no ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and you don't know you're distracted, and you don't know you're busy doing the wrong things because you don't have a clear vision of the right thing that God has for you today, 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 right? So... Y'all with me? Everybody good? All right. Step seven. Pray. We got to pray. Amen. Pastor Keith, seems like we've been praying all the way along through this. We have been. Amen. We just keep on praying. Let's pray. Commit your day. Commit your priorities. Commit your problems. Commit your desires to God. Right? Pray. 
Prayer allows us to ask God for anything we need, but it also connects us to Him. It creates a place of communion and intimacy with God. When we pray, we connect with God. When we pray, we connect with God. When we pray, we connect with God. Look at Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Jesus is speaking. He says, I tell you that you can pray for anything. You can pray for anything. You can pray for money. You can pray for a promotion. You can pray for favor. You can pray for wisdom. You can pray for advancement. You can pray for relationships. You can pray for anything, Jesus said. Isn't that what he said? You can pray for anything. Anything you need, anything your hearts desire, you can pray for anything. And if you believe you've received it, Jesus said, you'll have it. You want to know why these six steps are important? And you want to know why we say prayer for the last thing? Is because when you invite the Holy Spirit in and you confess the Word and you meditate on the Word and you apply the Word and you set priority to, to your life and you allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you and give you a clear vision for your day, then when you get to step seven and you're ready to pray, guess what? Your heart is filled with faith. You're in a place of faith and you can pray for anything and you can actually believe that you can receive what you're asking God for. Why? Because you have been in the Word, you have been in communion, you have been in intimacy, you have been ministered to and ministered from the Holy Spirit and you are in a place of faith where your prayers now prevail. So you can pray for anything. Look at Philippians 4, 6. I love this scripture. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So Jesus said we can pray for anything. And then Paul says we can pray about everything. So I can pray about my job. I can pray about my family. I can pray about my dog. I can pray about my cat. Right? I know y'all praying for your animals. Don't y'all look holy out there. I've got some text messages. Please pray for Rover. I, I know. You can pray for everything. You can pray for everything, and you can pray for anything. That's awesome. Listen to those two statements. You can pray for anything. You can pray for everything. Prayer, God gives us through prayer this, this great big old mantle that covers every aspect of our life. You can pray for specific things, and you can pray about Everything, whatever you need, wherever you're at, you can pray about it. God cares about it. He wants to move on your behalf. So we pray for anything. We pray about everything. And then look what it says. Tell God what you need and thank Him. Right? Ian reminded us this morning that how do we remember God? We thank Him. And thank Him for all that He has done. Because you know what happens when you thank God for all He has done? It gives you faith for what He's going to do. Right? If I'm struggling with believing that God can heal me today, all i got to do is begin to thank Him for healing me yesterday. And all of a sudden I realize, well, if He can heal me yesterday, He can probably heal me today. If He can bless me yesterday, He can probably bless me today. If He can get me through last year, He can probably get me through today. Amen? Thank Him for all that He has done. Look at that next point. The last step, the step of prayer. This last step positions us to launch out into a brand new day with His wind beneath our wings. As we pray the Word of God, right? Because that was the last thing we do. Not only do we have personal prayer, but then we're going to take the daily Word, the Scripture that we read today, and we're going to pray that Word. We're going to pray the Word, right? Because when I pray the Word, guess what happens? I'm praying the will of God. I'm praying the Word, and I'm submitting to the will of God. God's Word is God's will. 
God's word is God's will. So when I pray the word of God, I'm praying the will of God over my life, and I'm submitting to that. And let me give you some really good news. Here's one of the great things I love about prayer. When people you love aren't doing the will of God, you can pray the will of God upon them. We, we've called it in the past circling them with prayer. If they're not doing the will of God, you can pray the will of God for their life. They're rebellious and they're stubborn, but you can pray that they are obedient and they are humble. Right? They're in sexual sin and immorality, but you can pray that they would walk in purity and holiness all the days of their life. See, that's the powerful thing about prayer. When people we love aren't doing the will of God, we can pray the will of God over them. And let's just be honest. You're in this room today because somebody prayed the will of God over you. When you weren't doing the will of God, somebody prayed the will of God over you. You weren't living in salvation and they prayed salvation. You weren't living in new life and they prayed new life. You weren't living in holiness and they prayed holiness. You weren't living in righteousness and they prayed righteousness. And you and I are here today, let's just be honest, you can't take credit for your success. You and I are here today because somebody prayed the will of God for our lives. And when we pray the word, we pray the will. And God releases his blessing. Look at that last point. Congratulations. You're now beginning to soar. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Daily confessions, meditation, application, priorities, visualization, and prayer. Those seven simple steps. When you do them daily, they empower you to mount up on wings like eagles and soar. I want us just to bow our heads today for just a moment. Every head bowed, every eye closed, we're going to wrap up our service. If you're here today and you, you say, you know what, Pastor Keith, you're talking about this relationship with God and serving God, moving toward God's plan and God's purpose for my life. Maybe you realize this morning that you're not a Christian. You've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. And let me just say to you today, that's one of the greatest revelations you can ever get today is that you need Jesus. And then you realize that today you're lost without him. You're not lost because you're evil. You're just lost because you're lost. You don't know God. And he has sent his son Jesus to die on a cross and rise again on the third day to offer me and you a gift. It's called the gift of eternal life. And to invite us into what he calls a relationship with God. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor Keith, I want to begin that relationship with God today. I realize I don't know him, but today I want to know him. And I want to mount up on wings like eagles and soar. I want to live the life that God created me to live. And I know apart from knowing Jesus as my Lord and Savior, that will never happen. So today, I want that to happen. I want to pray and believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. If that's you, I want to ask you to do something. I say it every week, something very simple, very powerful. It's powerful because it's an act of faith. It's simple because you do it every single day. Here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to stand to your feet. A simple but yet powerful act that says today, I want to trust Jesus as my Lord and Savior. As people are standing right now over this building, this is your opportunity. As you stand to your feet, our ushers are going to come, and we're going to slip a little packet in your hand. It's just something to help you take those next steps, and we're going to pray together in just a moment. But if you're here today, 
and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you want to begin this journey of life, and you want to begin to soar, then today I want you to stand to your feet all over this building. Simple, powerful. Powerful because it's an act of faith. Simple because you do it every day. Just stand. Stand in faith today. And as you stand right now, we're about to pray. So if you're standing your feet right now, I want to ask you just to pray this prayer with me. And I'm going to ask everybody in this room to pray this prayer out loud with me today. Let's just say it. Very simple prayer, but it's a prayer of faith. And the Bible says that the prayer of faith will save those that are lost. So let's say it together. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins, rose again on the third day. I confess that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Be my Lord and my Savior. I choose today to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a great big round of applause.